Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Bones Up Podcast with me, your host, Jeff D. Malvison. Tonight, it's Friday, obviously. Um, had a great work week. Hopefully, everybody had a great work week and getting ready for this weekend. Um, this weekend, I mean, really, this weekend is all college football. A lot of conference title games and all the major conferences. Um, currently watching one right now. <clears throat> Utah dominating Oregon right now, 31-3 to in the third quarter. Um you know, some intriguing matchups. We're going to talk about one in particular that's really got my attention. So before I start, I just want to give a shout out to the Anchor app for sponsoring me. Um, if you ever want to do the Anchor app, it's, it's free, with very minimal listenership. You could also make money off of it, too. So, uh, yeah, do that. <clears throat> Especially if you're interested in shooting a podcast about sports, uh, whatever it is that you want to shoot. Um for me, it's helped with my confidence, helped with uh, a lot of things, helped me, you know, expand myself, really. So now we, uh, let's get to it. Uh, we're talking about the conference title games. First things first, um, the pa- the the Pac-12 title game, which I'm watching right now. Utah's beating Oregon 31-3, to midway through the third quarter. Um, clearly, Utah has got Oregon's number. I don't know what it is about Utah, what it is about Utah. Oregon just can't seem to beat them. Um, that Utah defense is stifling. They play a very physical brand of football that Oregon's not used to. So <clears throat> this Utah team, they, they were 1-2. and two. Then tragedy hit. One of their players, unfortunately, had passed away. They won 8 out of 9 coming into this point. Ranked number 17. I had Utah winning anyway, 24-17, to 17, but obviously they've surpassed that score, but... You know, the matchup I was looking to see is that offensive line against um, of Utah against that Oregon defensive line, mainly Kayvon Thibodeau. He does have a sack, but that Utah defense is definitely standing out. Um, Oregon's offense is they've just been stifled. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the winner of this game goes to the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, looking more and more right now like, U- like Utah is going to win this game. So now we go to the Big 12. Uh, it's going to be Baylor, Oklahoma State, with what's at stake for Oklahoma State is a possible playoff berth. Um, this is teams with two contrasting styles. Baylor with their offense, led by Gary Bohan, or Oklahoma State with their defense. Now, you, in past years, it would have been Oklahoma State's running game. Uh, but now it's, it's oh, Oklahoma State's uh, offense, you know, mainly their passing game, the air raid. But uh, obviously, you know, we got the players to watch. Um, Abram Smith, who's second leading rusher in the, in, the, in the Big 12 against that Oklahoma State defense, run defense that's allowed under 100 yards a game. Um, after that, it's going to be, you know, for Oklahoma State to win this game, which I think they will, 34-21, that's how I have the score. Jalen Warren, Spencer Sanders, Mainly Spencer Sanders is going to have – he's supposed to have a big game. He's going to have a big – he needs to have a big game. For Baylor not to load up on the on the box, you know, to stop Jalen Warren, their 1,000-yard rusher. Obviously, Spencer Sanders, he's got to provide more in the passing game. But I, I think, honestly, that, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State will win this game handily. Next up, we'll go to the Mountain West. Uh, the Mountain West Championship game will be tomorrow. This is going to be a more of a field position game. Um between uh, Utah State and San Diego State. You know, I that place kicker for San Diego State, he leads the nation in punting average, obviously broke the 
the FBS record for punting average. So it's gonna be it's gonna come down to field position, um, and also it's gonna come down to quarterback play. But I have San Diego State winning twenty four to seventeen. Next up, we got the Sun Belt Conference. Um, it's gonna be the last game for Billy Napier. He's headed to the University of Florida to be their new head coach. Um, the key matchup is gonna be Louisiana running game versus Appalachian State's defense run defense. Um, I have Louisiana coming out a winner, 24-21. Now, the SEC title game, you got Georgia and Alabama, two heavyweights, <clears throat> not just in the SEC, but in the whole college football landscape, in the college football playoff. This game has so many implications. Um, the storyline I have is, can UGA finally get over the hump? I think they will, because now they have a perfect balance. That defense has been amazing this season. Now they have the quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who I mean, he's played efficient. I mean, he gives the element of the run, but he can also pass. And now that they have what? They got Blaylock, George Pickens coming back. I mean, I really think Georgia can win this game. Now, the matchup I'm, I'm interested in seeing is that Alabama O-line, which has been suspect most of the season against that very talented Georgia defense. Um, I, I really see Georgia handling Alabama. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. And, you know, finally, Kirby Smart is able to beat Nick Saban. But this game is going to be – it'll be an instant classic, I, I predict. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Alabama can be beaten. You saw Texas A&M beat them. You saw um, Auburn almost beat them. They Auburn pretty much gave the blueprint on how to beat Alabama, you know, Attack that offensive line. Attack that offensive line. Hit Bryce Young. Hit Bryce Young. Which Georgia can do that because they have the athletes to do it. But I predict Georgia winning this game. A close one. And a nail-biter. 31-28. So now we head to the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Cincinnati versus Houston. Um, Storyline. Can Cincinnati make it to the play, the CFB playoffs? Currently, I think they're fourth right now. Um, and also, the matchup to watch is, can Cincinnati stop Marcus Jones, especially on that special team? He has four special teams touchdowns. He has five interceptions. The player to watch is Desmond Ritter and um, uh, for Cincinnati. And for Houston, Clayton Toon, who has 19 touchdowns and two interceptions. This is going to be a close one, but Cincinnati prevails 41-34. Now the Big Ten, Michigan. To me, how they're going to respond after that emotional win over Ohio State. Um, you know, the key matchup, versus Iowa is going to be that run that run offense against the Iowa defense. You know, Blake Haskins, Blake Corum, um, obviously a one-two punch. Um, Cade McNamara has to show more in the passing game. Um, and on defense, Aiden Hutchinson, 13 sacks. The two bookends, Hutchinson and uh, I cannot remember the other guy's name. But, uh, you know, double-digit sack guys. I, I wonder if I was going to muster enough offense. I mean, but it's going to be a close one. It may be a low-scoring game, but Michigan's going to win this one 24-10. Now we got the ACC title game. This one's going to be a high-scoring affair. Even though I got the score, Wake Forest winning 34-21, but it's going to be a battle of the quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, 40 touchdowns versus Sam Hartman. This game is going to have a lot of passing yards. It's going to be which defense can stop who. And I really have Wake Forest winning this game. It's To me, Wake Forest has too much firepower, but Kenny Pickett and Pittsburgh are going to keep it close. But obviously, Wake Forest will be pulling away. <clears throat> so, man, as always in college football, you have notable coaching hires, 
coaches got fired, uh, what have you. Um, I got three names on here. Well, two, one in particular, who may be moving, and another one I should add that'll that should be moving soon. Uh, Brian Kelly, he got the LSU job. Um, Lincoln Riley, the USC job. It's <clears throat> it's it, the Brian Kelly to LSU. That's you know that's a bit interesting, but it should you know it should work wonders for LSU, which had fallen on hard times the past couple. Of, couple of years over coach o after they won the national title lincoln riley to usc that i think might be the most important hire since pete carroll now i'm not saying he's going to be winning national titles like pete carroll that remains to be seen if they can play defense <clears throat> um luke fickle he might leave cincinnati but obviously with that notre dame vacancy already filled i can see him still staying at cincinnati and uh marcus freeman you know, congrats to him. Uh, he's the new head coach at Notre Dame. Well-deserved. Obviously coaching great defense. I mean, you know, the youngest head coach in Notre Dame history. So, I mean, they got a defense. They got their offensive coordinator. Uh, Notre Dame's in good hands. <clears throat> now we switch to the NFL professional football. You know, um, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, Tua, I mean, people haven't been paying attention to Tua. Tua's been good in uh, Miami I mean but has he turned the corner I think so um you know the right blend obviously he got a four-game winning streak against you know teams who aren't making the playoffs but still there's a he's done very well for himself you know he was in a bit of trade rumors you know with the Dolphins like still searching for a quarterback maybe Deshaun Watson maybe you know whoever maybe in the draft but I think Tua he's asserted himself very well you know Obviously, they made a couple of changes on the offense, and he's got a go-to receiver in Jalen Waddle, his former teammate at Alabama. Um, quick passing game, you know, the run game. That defense has been playing very well. So it remains to be seen if Tua can keep this level of play. So now we we switch to a guy, Russell Wilson, who's been with the Seahawks since 2012, 2011 or 2012. So many people saying is this must be his last rodeo. I, I don't think so. It's just one of those years where it's it's unfortunate. You know, the Seahawks had a, just a rough year. Can they turn around? Yes. Will they turn around? Yes. Will he be back next year? I hope so. But no, the, this whole thing is blown out. You know, it's just every every quarterback has a bad year. I mean, even you know, not Tom Tom Brady doesn't always have a great year. I mean, obviously he makes the playoffs, but. Hey, he tore his ACL in, I think, 08. You know? New England didn't make the playoffs. Russ had a bad year. He's having a bad season. They're 3-8. and eight. I mean, I was watching the, the Monday night game against Washington. They, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was, that offense just looked, you know, they couldn't get DK the ball. A running game could not. Obviously, without Chris Carson, um, you know, it, it, there were so many things going wrong for them. But, you know, that's it's just how it is. It's, you know, it, it, Russ, Russ has still got some good football left in him. Pete Carroll, he, he's, I hope he's still the coach. I mean, I don't know where they would go from here, but I predict that they're both they'll stay in 2022. Um, speaking of Seattle, um, 
the Monday night game, Washington won by two. It was a crazy game, especially the last couple of minutes. But Taylor Heineke, is, he needs to be the starter going forward. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. He, But he's obviously shown that he can that he can play. He could be a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL. And Antonio Gibson. It, <clears throat> I think about Antonio Gibson. He was a former receiver in college who's now turned running back. Think about that. He was a receiver. Now he's a running back. 230 pound running back, and he ran all over that that Seattle that vaunted Seattle defense. So, I mean, hats off to Washington. Um, last night's game, Dallas won 27-17. That defense, that defense, that defense. Four picks. Trayvon Diggs another pick. This defense is for real. Tony Pollard also a guy who should get more touches on offense. I think. Um, Taysom Hill he had an okay game. Two interceptions. Um, it's safe to say I don't know what they'll do at quarterback in New Orleans, but you know they. I think they should give um, Taysom Hill a little bit more run. You know, I like the fact that he ran the ball a lot. And he takes way too many hits for my liking, but you know they need more receiver. They need Michael Thomas back because obviously what they have out there, they miss Alvin Kamara. It, it wasn't it wasn't pretty for the Saints. So here are three games. Yeah, three games that I see, you know, that are that of interest to me that, you know, that have some playoff implications. Washington football team against Vegas Raiders. This is a make or break game for both teams. But I have Las Vegas winning 31-28. Um, the Sunday night game, Denver and KC. Never thought I'd see Denver already over 500. But that just shows that defense is playing well in Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, Casey's going to win 21-14. It's going to be close. Uh, I predict it's going to be close. Considering the woes that Casey's had on offense, but they've been hot these past couple of weeks. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, Casey's going on that run. And then the Monday night game, a resurgent New England team, probably the best team in the AFC in my opinion. But Buffalo's going to win 27-21. Now, the NBA... The Grizzlies, a 79-point blowout win over the Thunder... It wasn't even, I don't know how that's possible, but 79 points, the largest margin of victory in NBA history. Shout out to the Grizzlies for that. Um, so I saw, uh, um, um, I saw a, a column on NBA.com, and it talked about three teams who were winning without their superstars. It had the Sixers, it had the Clippers, and it had Brooklyn. Um... The Sixers are obviously with Ben Simmons, as I've said in earlier podcasts, that, you know, they're at a stalemate. He obviously clearly doesn't want to play for them. Sixers trying to hold on to him so they can get the right value for him. Um, they started out 8-2, and two, but then went on a little recent tailspin. They obviously won tonight, being the Hawks. You know, Joe Embiid just came back from COVID. Um, they miss Ben Simmons. His obviously... Obviously, you know, he's their playmaker. He's a good defender. Um, but through it all, the guy to watch has been Tyrese Maxey. He's vastly improved. Obviously, vastly different player from Ben Simmons. But that that's good that you have guys stepping up. You know, Andre Drummond, Seth Curry. They're good enough to make the playoffs. But with Simmons, they're good enough to win a championship. So it'll be interesting to see if and when Ben Simmons comes back. You know, I hope he does, you know. Because clearly the Sixers need him. Another team is uh, the Clippers. You know, obviously with Kawhi. 
Um, you know, they miss Kawhi. You know, him and that chemistry with Paul George, it's great. Obviously, you saw it in the playoff last season, the chemistry they had. You know, they've gotten great output from Reggie Jackson. They need more from Marcus Morris, you know, playoff star last season, Terrence Mann. Uh, Sergi Baco, who didn't play in the playoffs, Nicholas Batum, they're just too good of a team to be only have two guys in double figures, which is Paul George and Reggie Jackson. But this is a team that can make a deep run in the playoffs if and when Kawhi comes back. It's one of those injuries. Obviously, he's nursing injury, and we know how Kawhi is about his injuries. You know, we're lack thereof talking about it. You know, it it is it's just a crazy year for the Clippers. Um, Brooklyn, on the other hand, obviously Kyrie not playing with you know obviously the COVID vaccine or whatever. But, you know, KD's been really carrying this team. Obviously, now they're missing Joe Harris, who's uh, out with an injury. He'll be out for a while. So the, this is where I expect that rookie, Cam Thomas, to to step up. He was one of the steals of the draft, and I, I think he's he could really be a good player. So now we're going to talk a little baseball. Obviously, with the lockout, the lockout season happening, uh, the Players Association and the owners couldn't come up with a, a, an agreement for the new CBA, collective bargaining agreement. Um, it, I hope baseball comes back. You know, it'll be hopefully not like the NBA lockout where it was a condensed season, but as it stands right now, we don't have baseball. But even through all that, there was still hot stove. The hot stove season, the MLB, free agents signing with new teams, I mean, there was a lot of surprise free agents. Marcus Stroman, three years, $71 million. He can opt out after two years. He signed with Chicago Cubs. I didn't think he was going to end up in Chicago. I thought maybe L.A. would have been a better fit, but clearly he's the number one starter for that Cubs team, opposite Kyle, Kyle Hendricks. Um, I certainly didn't see the Cubs, you know, adding more money, obviously, with a, their rebuild, in a rebuild mode. Um, but, yeah, this is this is... You know, certainly is an upgrade. L.A. Dodgers, they re-signed Chris Taylor, four years, $60 million. He, to me, one of the most valuable players on the open market. He could play everywhere, and this guy performs well in the playoffs. Arizona Diamondbacks, on Mark Melanson, two years, $14 million. A proven closer. I mean, the fact that he got $14 million from the Diamondbacks, I mean, hey, he, he got that's money well spent. Javier Baez, six-year, 140, with an opt-out. Um, I mean, this guy, we, hmm. let's, I hope pre-2020, Javier, Javier Baez and not 2020 and 2021. Obviously, he did have a little good showing with the Mets, but, you know, with Javier Baez, you never know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, the Angels re-signed Rysel Iglesias, four-year deal. Obviously, the top closer on the market with Melanson. Um, Texas have been going in. Corey Seager, 10-year, 325. Marcus Simeon, seven-year deal. They signed Cole Calhoun. I mean, Texas, they're, they're really trying to expedite this rebuild. Um, that's a team that you got to watch for, watch out for now. If baseball is going to be played next season, we don't know what the collective bargaining agreement, what they're going to do. So, but Texas is Texas and New York. Obviously, the the Mets giving Max Scherzer a three-year deal, Starling Marte four-year deal, Eduardo Escobar two-year deal, Mark Canna two-year deal. 
they the Mets have improved. Now, <laughs> I don't know how much. Well, I do know Escobar serves a purpose. He's going to be the opening day third baseman. Canna in the outfield, Marte in the outfield. Max Scherzer, with all that's going on with the Degrom, we don't know how his arm is going to react, but we do know this: Max Scherzer will be ready, and the Mets they will be coming for the Braves. Tampa Bay just re-signed Wander Franco, 11-year, 185, or it can go up to 223 if he reaches all incentives. When I first read the article on ESPN, I thought, wow, that's a lot of money for a 20-year-old, but they believe, and I mean, I've seen him play, and he, this guy is everything to me. He's He might be the best player since, um, you know, I... Uh, it's it's definitely something that you know it, i mean this guy is good he uh, he could he has the potential to be the next Derek Jeter that's a lot to say but he's that good and Tampa Bay they believe that he's the guy to lead him to the next get, decade hopefully into a new stadium you know cuz they've been saying they're going to get a new stadium but we'll see we'll see but congrats to Wanda Franco <clears throat> and um I just wanted to end this uh end this note on a positive one. You know, hopefully you guys like what you heard. Um and if you like what you hear, hit the um hit the subscribe button if you're new. But if you've been listening for a long time, I wanna thank you. I wanna thank you, um, you know, to the people that have been listening every Friday, um, tuning in. Uh, you know, I've seen the comments. I wanna thank you guys. Also, I want to, you know, we got the website coming up, um, hopefully real soon. It's going to be, you'll hear, you know, you'll you'll find the shop. We got some merch coming out, hopefully real soon also. Um, You know, we're trying to, moving on up, moving on up. But just want to say, I want to talk about, just one quick second, about what's going on with the, you know, obviously with the new variant. Um, just want everybody to stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Keep the social distancing. This pandemic is not over. This is not to be played with, people. Please, please, please listen. You know, losing too many people out here. So, uh, you know, just want to say that. Have a great weekend, everybody, and stay safe. And yeah.